You've got a vision, you've got an idea, you have a business, but you can't seem to move forward. You've come to the right place. Welcome to Vision Possible. The show that empowers you to believe, conceive, and achieve your goals. We are your hosts, Butch and Julianne Hartman. We are business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, wealth strategists, television producers, and content creators who have negotiated multi-million dollar deals. We'll teach you the secret formula to success. Learn how to make your daydream your day job. Find out more at visionpossible.net. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Take your business and scale it to the next level. Get ready to transform your life by making your vision possible. Hey everybody, Butch Hartman here. Welcome to Vision Possible, glad you guys are here. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd love to have you all join us and be part of the Vision Possible family. Also, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us anywhere videos are uploaded. And uh, please uh, look for us. We'd love to be able to impart wisdom and knowledge to you. We have a lot of wisdom and knowledge on this channel coming from five awesome teachers. Well, I'm the least of the awesome ones, but uh, there's four other teachers besides me. There's my wife, Julianne Hartman, who's an amazing encourager. My daughter, Carly Hartman, who even though she's my daughter and I love her, I would not have her on this channel if she wasn't uh, about to give you some amazing, or able to give you some amazing, incredible uh, advice on marketing and uh, just uh, online online salesmanship, social media, that type of thing. The incredible Ryan Haley, who's a whiz at financial management, and Nathaniel Spears, who's an expert on leadership. He started five successful businesses and a nonprofit. Uh, half the stuff in this room is older than him, and. Uh, uh, it's just a joy to be in their company. They teach me stuff all the time. Humbled to be in their presence and just honored to be counted among them uh, in this uh, this venture called Vision Possible. And what is Vision Possible? We want to make your vision possible. That's why we're here. If you guys have a a dream, a goal, maybe you're, you're uh, too young to know how to get going, where to get started. How do I start my goal? How do I get moving? Or maybe you're an older person who actually got moving for a little while you kept going and things just kind of stalled for whatever reason. Personal things in your life, they get in the way of your vision or just, you know, things happen and things get stalled. We can help you get your vision back on track. We're here to uh, be your team. We want you to be encouraged. We want you to be um, excited about your vision again. We want you to get uh, your vision out of your heart, out of your mind and into the marketplace. We want to help you make your daydream your day job. And we're just excited to be here. I'm so thrilled. I wish I had a resource like this when I was younger because I stumbled around in the dark for years and years and years. I didn't just stumble into this animation world that I ended up in, uh, the world of producing Hollywood, uh, you know, TV and uh, and and uh, children's television, where I ended up. You know, I ended up making an impact in that arena, which I'm very blessed and grateful for, but it certainly uh, came with a price. Not a deadly price or a bad price, but a lot of sacrifice. Price and sacrifice, they both end in ice, I want. Does that mean anything? Who knows? Anyway, but um, having a, a price tag on your vision is something all of us have. If you're not willing to make those sacrifices, chances are the vision is not going to come to pass as quickly as you would like it to. I mean, listen, when other people are out there um, shopping at the mall or they're out there, you know, maybe going to the beach, nothing wrong with doing those things. But if you're a visionary and you've got to go to a seminar that weekend when it's 85 degrees and sunny and you've got to be in a building listening to someone lecture, maybe that's what you have to do. If you, if you have to gain those pearls of knowledge from somebody 
That's where you should be. You need to learn how to uh, put your vision uh, way high up on the list. Don't put it above your family or things like that. I mean, your family comes first, of course, but your vision has to be just as important as your family. Because look at it this way. Your vision and your goal could change your family. You could change your family tree with this vision that you've been given, this goal, this, uh, this dream, this desire that you have could grow a new branch on your family tree. If you pull it off, if you do it right, and you make this successful, you could change the lives of a lot of people. That show right back there, Fairly Odd Parents, changed my life. A little idea that I drew on a piece of animation paper back in 1997 when I was working on another show called Johnny Bravo. I was employed on someone else's vision, and I had been employed on other people's visions for a long, long time. And finally, I said, I'm going to make my own vision come true. And I had already tried several times to pitch other cartoons. For some reason, they didn't go. No big deal. But I learned a lot. I learned from each pitch what not to do in the next pitch. And each pitch got better and better. Each idea got better and better. And then each time I would pitch to the same people, I built relationships with them. You know, a lot of times you're going to be pitching to people that may not buy your idea, but the one thing you're getting is a relationship out of it. Now you can actually... Maybe call that person up as a friend saying, hey, so-and-so, remember me? You know, I uh, remember, remember me? I'll learn how to talk. Remember me? I'm the, I'm the person that pitched you this idea. Oh, yeah, I remember. You know, you, the, the more you meet these people and meet them in a good way and begin to cultivate these resources in your vision pursuit, the more successful you're going to be. So don't ever think that a meeting is a waste of time because it's really not. It's only a waste of time if you don't prepare for the meeting. You need to prepare for these meetings. You need to get your heart in the right place. You need to get your mind in the right place and be in these meetings and be ready to go. You need to understand that every meeting is an opportunity. And if you blow that opportunity, another one might not come along for a long, long time. So make the most of every opportunity, okay? All right, so today we are talking about writing for animation. I get this request all the time, writing for animation. Everybody wants to, well, not everybody, but you know, most people I encounter in the cartoon world want to know how to be a writer in the animation world. And I gotta say, I'm, I admire that tremendously because listen, without stories, it doesn't matter how many cartoons you can draw or how many uh, clay figures you can sculpt or how many cameras you know how to work or lights you know how to, you know, to direct or whatever, without a story, no one has anything to do. And so the writer, <clears throat> whether it's an animation or live action, is probably one of the top three if not top two most important people in the production. You know, there's director, there's creator, there's writer. I mean, you need to be, you know, ready for the responsibility that comes with writing. And we'll talk about that in a later video. But right now, we're just basically talking about writing for animation. And what does that mean? Well, basically, let me, let me, let me start off um, by telling you what is uh, expected of a writer, okay? And one of the things that's expected of a writer, whether it's animation or live action, but we'll stick with animation for now. One thing that's expected of a writer is an idea. You got an idea? I'm not even talking about creating your own show. Like I created that show, Fairly Odd Parent. I also created Danny Phantom. And both of these shows came from ideas that I had. Now, just because I had the idea, did that mean the idea was ready to go? No, not at all. It meant that I had to start doing some work. So one of the first things I started doing was, now because I'm an artist as well, I started drawing pictures. That's what I do. Yeah, I started just drawing, like, uh, here's a picture of a Superman that, I, that I've drawn. This is Superman 
fighting some giant robots, you know? And this this could be considered a concept for maybe a story. Superman fights the giant robots or whatever it is. And, um, you know, we could write a story off of this. Why, who runs the robots? Who's inside them? Why is Superman fighting them? What's their, what's their deal? Why are they destroying things? You know, that that is how I start off doing things. I start off by drawing pictures, but not everybody's an artist. Not all of you out there know how to draw. A lot of you don't even want to know how to draw. That's completely fine. But everybody out there loves a good story. Everybody. Whether you're watching a newscast on television, or whether you're sitting around a campfire with the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts, whether you're, um, you know, uh, whether it's Christmas and you're watching the movie Elf or watching, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas or whatever it is, or one of your very favorite stories of all time, your favorite movies, favorite books, Harry Potter, whatever it would be. Somebody had to sit down and put pen to paper or, you know, finger to keyboard, uh, a computer keyboard and write a story. So the first thing that's expected of a writer is a story. It's a concept. We'll call it concept. So let me ask you a question. Do you have a concept? Like I said, these ideas were my concepts. These two, Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Fan, were my concepts. But once I got the concept thought out, I did a drawing or two of the characters, and then I started writing words down. Okay, uh, Fairly Odd Parents, what is it about? Question mark. Um, I remember at the time, I didn't even have a computer. This is back in the 90s, of course, so not everybody had computers back then. I think we had typewriters. Uh, those of you too young to know what a typewriter is, look it up. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, had a, I had a typewriter, and then I bought a computer. So I not only had to become a writer with a concept, I had to learn how to work the computer, and which wasn't really hard. But, you know, when you've never worked one before, it's, it can seem like, you know... It, it seems like an, an, an endless mystery, right? So I started learning how to work the computer, uh, number one. Then I started writing down ideas, writing down ideas for my show. Fairly Odd Parents. What's it about? Now I've got these drawings I'm looking at. Okay, what's this kid's name? What's this babysitter's name? What's this fairy's name? And I just started writing things down. And that's really what a writer does. One of the biggest things the writer can do, and here's a big key word for you besides the word concept. The other thing a writer needs to know how to do is start. You need to know how to start. And by the way, when you start, is it going to be perfect? Absolutely not. It's not going to be perfect at all. It's probably just going to be, uh, you know, almost like a, a, a spewing or a vomiting of ideas on paper. And then you're going to be able to refine them and move them and switch them around. You know, the, one of the famous sayings is writing is rewriting. It really is. And so coming up with a concept. Now, as an employed writer in Hollywood, you're going to understand, you have to understand one thing. You're either going to um, work on someone else's show, which is 90% of the time, probably 95% of the time, or you're going to create your own show and work on that, which is about 5 to 8% of the time, because it's much harder to sell a show. It's very hard. I'm not saying it's impossible. I did it. If I can do it, you guys can do it. But it's harder to sell a show than it is to work on someone else's show. But getting on a show to be a writer is not easy either, and that's where you have to have a concept. Let's say you wanted to go be a writer on The Office, right? Not only do you have to have some sample scripts that you've already written, but you've got to have some great ideas for future scripts. Hey, here's an idea for, you know, Michael Scott does this, or, you know, Dwight does this, or, you know, whatever, whatever the characters are, are doing in the show. You need to have some ideas that are going to further that show or that project along. And it's, it's, it's challenging because, you know, with me as an artist, it's different. Like I can come in with this drawing. Again, we'll show the Superman drawing here. I'm coming with this drawing. You can tell right away 
whether you like it or not. Does, do you like this drawing that Butch did? Can Butch draw? I, I can look right away and know whether I want to hire that artist or not. That artist can fit what I'm doing. That artist can uh, fit into the uh, the show here, what we're doing. This that, that writer, can, or you know, this this artist can help. And so, you know, can that can that artist be part of the team, basically? And that's what we have to learn is that do we fit into the team? You know, can you fit into a team? And so as an artist, you look at my artwork, you're like, oh, that guy's that guy's great. We'll bring him on. He'll really help out. Or you can tell right away that artist isn't any good. We don't really have room for that person. But with a writer, it's different because I write a script, you write a script, so-and-so writes a script. It all goes on the desk and looks exactly the same as every other script. Only thing that makes it different are the words. <laughs> and then, but then you know, it requires a producer picking it up and reading it and then realizing whether those words are funny, whether those words help, whether those words enhance what they're doing. You know what I mean? And uh, you've really got to understand, is that really what, uh, what you know, can, can this person really help this project along? Remember, whether you're a writer, an artist, producer, whatever you want to be, your job is to help that project get finished and make that project better and make everybody's lives better. That's all it is. You know, it's not about your ego. It's not about how great you are, winning awards. Winning awards is nice. All that comes with the territory, but your job is to make that project better. And if you can make it better, they will keep you around until the cows come home. And I keep talking about the cows. Why did the cows leave home? We have no idea. We'll figure that out. Um, but anyway, back to this. So coming up with a concept, you need a concept of your own if you're going to sell your own show. And that's a huge deal. Coming up with a brand new original concept no one's ever thought of before or taking a concept people have thought of before. Superheroes. How do you make it different? Right? How do you write that down? And as a conceptual person, as a writer, you're going to have to learn that, okay, I've written my idea down, but now I've got to write my own script. You know, if you're going to be like when I wrote Fairly Odd Parents, I had to write script number one. I had to sit down. I remember, I'll never forget. I had this brand new, it was a Mac computer. It was called a Mac Performa. This was like 1997. Okay. This is a long time ago, 24 years ago. Boy, I can't believe that. Boy, 24 years ago. So I, I'm working on this computer and I'm, I'm like, I've got to write a script now. And I've just created these characters, just written them, written their names, just drawn the pictures of who, what they look like. Now I need a story. I got the concept. I need a story, which is another concept, right? You have the concept for the show, you get a concept for a story. Little did I know at that time, I would be coming up with concepts for the Fairly Odd Parents for the next 20 years. I worked on Fairly Odd Parents and, and I kept that show going for 20 years. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, you talk about a, a challenge and a joy and an adventure, that was something else. We'll talk about that one in another video though. But so I'm sitting, I've got to write a story. So I start going, okay, um, exterior Turner house, because I've named him Timmy Turner. So I just kind of started that way. And what's the story? I started writing what's called an outline. Have you ever written an outline before? An outline is a summarized version of the story you want to tell. And you write that before you write a finished script, you know, and this is just something you have to do. And so again, I'm, I'm trying to get through this really quick for this video today. There's a whole lot here, right? We'll probably do a part two uh, and three and four. But anyway, so you need a concept. And again, if you're working on someone else's show, you need a concept as well. What, what stories can you tell? And really, it really helps when you're gonna run on somebody else's show as well. It helps to know people. Most of the people I hired to write on Fairly Odd Parents, most of them at first, I hired my friends because I knew them. And we'd already worked together on a couple things before. I hired some people I knew. 
It was like, cool, okay, I'll hire this person. He's a friend of mine, she's a friend of mine. Let's see how this works out. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But you start with your friends, usually. You start with people that you know because it's familiar and it's actually gonna work out easier. But then there comes a time sometimes where your friends don't work out and then you have to part ways and that can really put a strain on a friendship if the friendship even remains. We'll talk about that one some other time as well. But getting back to writing for animation, okay? We've talked about the concept. Is it yours or someone else's? And if it's someone else's, how can you enhance what they're doing? That's what you gotta come in the room with, a great idea. And you gotta keep coming up with great ideas. Your idea machine never shuts off as a writer. But it's tiring, then you shouldn't be a writer. Sorry, then, then maybe that's not for you. But if your idea machine's exploding with ideas all the time, if you're going like this all the time, man, you need to be a writer because people gotta hear what you have to say. All right, the next thing is writing experience. Do you have any experience? If you don't, that's fine. But to become a professional writer and get hired on someone's show, it's kind of a catch-22. It's weird. It's like, uh, you know, you can't get a job unless you have experience. But you really can't get experience unless you've got a job. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's, like, it's like a little conundrum, as we say. So uh, it's going to happen for you if you keep pursuing it. Someone's going to hire you eventually if you keep at it. Keep plugging away. Don't give up. And by the way, while you're waiting for that job to show up, write your own stuff all the time. Write a short story, write a play, write a TV script, one of your favorite shows. No one might ever see it, but write it anyway. I used to love the show Seinfeld. I would write Seinfeld scripts and no one ever saw them, but I thought they were funny, right? Uh, whatever show you like, but it's called practice. It's called rehearsal. It's called, um, it's called enhancing your skill set. It's called honing your abilities. That's what it's called. You need to do that. Um, the other thing too is I want you to understand this. This is very, very important. You have to have some storytelling ability as a writer. If you are a writer or hope to be one, you need to have some storytelling ability. And I want you to look, or I want you to reach deep in your heart right now, reach down in your creative, your creative war chest there. Are you a storyteller? The answer should be yes. If you're in entertainment in any fashion and you love to watch entertainment, you wanna be part, if you wanna, especially you wanna be a part of entertainment, you're a storyteller. You need to realize that you're a storyteller and you're probably a really good storyteller. If you want to be a writer, you've got to be a good storyteller. There's good writers and there's great writers, but all of them are storytellers. I even tell my artist friends who don't necessarily write at a keyboard, I'm telling all my artist friends, you guys are storytellers because all the pictures that you, that you draw, all the scenes that you illustrate, all those things that you do add up to a story that's going to entertain someone. And so you need to have some storytelling ability. Okay, so you've got to, have a concept, whether it's yours or somebody else's. You've got to have some writing experience and you've got to have some storytelling ability. And have you ever told a story before? Have you ever stood in a room at a party or just with your friends or whatever, stood in a room and told somebody a story and kept an audience's attention for any length of time? Have you ever done that? That means you're a storyteller. You're able to capture an audience's attention and that's wonderful. Now, if you can do that in written form too, that's even better. Also with, um, with writing for animation, and this is a huge one, um, you've got to have uh, knowledge of how to format a script properly. Formatting a script properly is key because if you don't format it properly, it's gonna be very hard for people to read it, conceive, you know, understand what you're trying to say and get behind what you're trying to tell them. So doing it in a professional way 
is, is, is important. For example, you know, if I want to be a baseball player, I got to go out there and play baseball the way baseball is played. I've got to play by the rules, right? I can't just go out there and throw the ball over here when it needs to go over here. I can't just go and slide into the bases when it's not my turn up at bat. You know what I mean? I've got to play the rules. I've got to play the game by the rules. And as a writer, you've got to play the game by the rules too. Write the way scripts are supposed to be written, right? If you want to change the way scripts are written, great. Hopefully it's a better way. But until then, learn the way it's done properly so you look like a pro, so you look like you know what you're doing. That's also half the battle. You want, you know, as a boss, when I would hire people, I would hire people that came off as professional. Because if they're professional and they've been paid to do this before and they've done it before, I know that if I hire them, my experience, at least that part's out of the way. They're professional, I know what they're doing, at least that's good. Are they talented? Let's find that out, you know, and hopefully I figured that out by reading some of their samples. So listen guys, this is gonna be a longer video, so I'm gonna do a part two to this. But um, writing for animation is very, very important to learn because it's a, a great skill to have and it's a joy, it's a joyous job if you can get it. And if you can't get it from somebody else, give yourself the job and start writing your own cartoons. Write your own things. Because I'm gonna tell you this before the next video, and we'll talk about this in the next video. Writing for animation is really no different than writing for a live action show. In fact, it's a little more freeing with animation because you can do things in animation you can't do in live action. Like when I would do Fairly Odd Parents uh, as a cartoon, I would um, write it, uh, I would say, Timmy Turner uh, goes into outer space and I'd poof up a rocket ship and a space suit and off he would go in outer space. And then we cut to outer space and there he's in outer space. But if I'm doing that in live action, I've gotta get a rocket ship get a costume of a spacesuit, build a whole new set for outer space. It's much more expensive, it's much more lengthy. So writing for live action can sometimes be very limiting if you're trying to do a very fantastical fantasy show. So there's ways we can talk about that too where you can benefit from both mediums, but uh, we'll teach you how to write for both. But we're gonna continue this next time, how to write for animation, we'll do a part two. I've really enjoyed talking about this with you guys. And don't forget, um, you can write for animation. You can do anything you want. You can make your vision possible. If your day, we want to make your daydream your day job here on Vision Possible. Okay. So writing for animation, it's going to be exciting. You're going to learn it. But these are just some of the basics I wanted to talk to you about. You've been listening to Vision Possible. To get more information or to contact Butch and Julianne to schedule your private coaching session, go to visionpossible.net. That's visionpossible.net.